0: Hello, Catherine here. I wanted to let you guys know that we are putting together a really scrappy, I'm currently recording this in my closet a mini season speaking with chefs about the COVID-19 crisis. So we're finding out how it's impacting their daily lives, what they're doing to try to help their staffs and their businesses and their families, um, and tricks and tips for staying sane, what they're doing at home, cooking, spending time with their families. Um, We want to know what they're up to uh, and how we can help. So we hope you enjoy the season and we look forward to a time when we're all hitting up the Boston restaurant scene again. Before I dig into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you to keep your eyes on thefoodlens.com. Yes, sadly, our restaurants are still closed, um, but a lot of our local chefs are putting out some really great content, and we're getting some of that up on our website. So we have uh, recipes from uh, Jeremy Sewell and Michael Skelfo, and we're always adding new content, uh, new takeout options, um, so keep your eyes on the site. Today I'm going to be chatting with Will Gilson from Puritan and & Company, and we actually had him on the podcast before all this craziness happened, and at that point he was opening three new concepts, coming off a pop-up, everything was going full steam ahead, uh, and now COVID hit. And so I'm really interested to hear his take on what's happening now. He's about to reopen for takeout, thinking about doing some grocery delivery. Uh, and he's sort of on the forefront of restaurants and technology. And I'll be really interested to hear how he plans to implement that as we start to open back up. Okay, so Will, I can see that you are um, in the private dining room of the restaurant. And tell me
1: what's going on. So, uh, you know, like like a lot of... Um people in the restaurant industry who have just been trying to figure out what our next move is. Um, you know, we we listened to the governor's orders and as a, you know, a fine dining restaurant, we basically closed our doors and we wanted to make sure that people left and and got home and and were safe and were able to wait this out. And so we've just been kind of trying to see what was going to be the best next steps for our return, for what it would mean for us to, um, you know, try to come up with, some semblance of, of our our pathway back and um, you know the the orders for when we were thinking we were going to be able to come back you know beginning of May you know has now been extended again and um, you know we were one of the lucky few restaurants that got into the first round of funding for PPP uh, so we now with what limited and often changing direction that program has been able to give us, uh, we're on our way back to um, launching uh, a takeout version of our restaurant um, this upcoming Monday, the 11th uh, of May. So uh, we're in the restaurant today um, with the management team, with some of the back of house team, just trying to take what was essentially a closed restaurant for the better part of two months uh, and bring it back to normal.
0: Okay. And, well, like, what is your headspace at? Where are you at now compared to a, a few weeks ago? Because you and I had like a brief email exchange. We were both kind of unmoored at home with our kids. Like what is happening right now? I'm I'm curious how you're feeling now versus how you were feeling then.
1: Um, I, I think with time either comes clarity or confusion. And, and I think, you know, the, the beginning, first few weeks of all of this were arguably the most confusing and the most frustrating. You know, as, as a, a restaurant person, you know, we basically – live and die by the um, hospitality that we can offer, by having a team that is, you know, doing all of the things that you're hoping they can do to make people feel more comfortable. And when everybody's feeling very uncomfortable, and there's no idea as to when things are going to get better, it's just confusing, and it's frustrating. And I think then you add into that Instantly becoming the full-time childcare for a fourteen-month-old, um, it was it was really really tough, and and I don't think I did very well the first you know couple of weeks. I, I did, wasn't reaching out to team members, uh, I wasn't answering emails. I was just you know living in the uh, Twitter sphere of trying to get whatever information I could and whatever take I could from anyone. And then, you know, time went on and we started to apply for grants. We started to apply for, you know, government programs that would help us put people back to work and make sure that our rent was paid. You know, bills that we worried about accruing were negotiated and and were, you know, put into a, a pathway for us to move forward to being able to get everybody back. And, you know, my time on Twitter of of trying to listen to what, you know, Craziness I could possibly hear one person's take or another, or anything that was partisan, was now looking to um, parts of Southeast Asia that were reopening and were, or, or staying open throughout this, and seeing what measures that they would have to do to be able to get their people safe and the public safe. And that became sort of a full time you know, I don't know, obsession was was seeing what was like, you know, if anybody could could ask for a crystal ball, this was our crystal ball of being able to look as to what, you know, life of being a restaurant would be moving forward.
0: Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of chefs. Jamie um, Bessonat said the same, he was kind of going down the same rabbit hole. Um, and I'm so glad that you got the, the PPP. I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I think what a lot of people maybe don't understand is that you know, only 25% of that can be used for non-payroll costs. And if you're a restaurant, like payroll is not the big, the biggest issue. You have huge rent bills, you have inventory, you have, you have so much. So I I see a lot of places reopening for takeout. And I think a big part of it is that people are finally starting to see that money hit their bank accounts, but it certainly doesn't solve the problem. And I'm curious how you're thinking about um, all this kind of going forward.
1: I I think if you were to take a look at what the PPP program is designed for, it is certainly not designed for restaurants. And it's certainly not designed for restaurants in Massachusetts, where we're paying very close attention. And, And largely, I think from from polls, I've seen people in Massachusetts are trusting our governor and our leadership here and saying that, yeah, we'll we'll stay home as long as this takes as long as it means that we're safe. And it's easier to go back to normal and I think that that has been the resounding thoughts of of us as a team and as a restaurant as well it's like we want to wait until it's the right time but at a certain point math really starts to challenge that and um, on top of that we have some really incredible team members that are part of this restaurant they are like, just give me something to do. And, you know, without making them vulnerable or ineligible for unemployment benefits or anything like that, we didn't want to give them anything to do until we had some sort of way to Create a pathway back. So once we were able to take in whatever information we were getting from, um, you know, the, the Treasury or the SBA or, or you know whatever advisor our accountants and bookkeepers could give us, we looked at the fact that this isn't just okay. We're going to launch takeout for the eight-week period of of these PPP funds. This is also looking at some of those things about what the restaurants are going to be dealing with moving forward. Is that takeout is probably going to be a part of our lives of fine dining restaurants that will remain open or reopen at all forever now, you know, until something happens, whether it's a vaccine, whether it is some sort of medication, whether it is just, you know, no new cases, which seems so impossible to believe at this point. But, you know, I think that restaurants now need to know that, um, diversifying themselves is the key to survival. And I think that that's what we realized we wanted to use this program for, was to put enough team members back to work to be able to launch something that will be here for even when they lift the orders. Because if they lift the orders and we go from, you know, 100% now down to 50, 30, 25% capacity, then the math just doesn't work anymore. And so if you're not figuring out a way to put stuff out the door and find a way for revenue to come in in a separate way, we all just wait to die.
0: Right. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because we had such an interesting conversation in back in the regular podcast days uh, about how you, you know, this isn't your first rodeo and you had experimented with takeout for fine dining and you were kind of on the forefront of that and implementing um, technology and uh, how are you feeling going back to that? Because you kind of stepped away um, and now this is in reality. So in some ways you're super prepared compared to a lot of people, but, you know, nothing can really prepare you for COVID. So, so what are your thoughts going back there?
1: You know, it, it's so crazy. I mean, when we did, um, we launched sort of our ghost kitchen and, and Puritan trading company out of Puritan. It was when we'd come off of our worst year in, you know, now we've been here for seven and a half years, but you know, that was about five and a half years ago when we launched that and we were coming off of our, our one of our most difficult years. And so that was a way for us to adapt to a changing market and find a way to reach a new audience and make it Unique and fun and our own and also prepare if the entire industry went that way. And, you know, that when we stopped doing it, you know, the year leading up to, you know, essentially when we shut down here was our strongest 13, 14 months we'd ever had. People were dining out in in private dining, in the dining room, you know, in in ways that we were able to reach them by, you know, serving them food in their homes. You know, the restaurant was just on this meteoric growth. And then all of a sudden, you know, we watched things go from a great week to a not so great week to an impossible week to survive. And that was when we decided to just you know, shut everything down, conserve resources, and make sure that we were going to be able to get there. And so I guess to answer your question, you know, having done it once, and ha- also having a team here who's been a part of doing that once, we feel ready to jump right back on and, and and do something like that. Because the same way that we launched it in the first place was to try to adapt to a changing world. And that's really where we're at now is now having to take the real estate that we have a lease on, have a, a You know, a team of people who are relying on us for their income, at least eventually they will be. um, And to have an audience of people who miss what we offer and miss what we do that is what I think we really need to be trying to figure out how to adapt to again. And, you know, we can be grim. We can say this is survival instincts. We can say that this is, you know, just restaurants doing whatever they need to. But at the end of the day, you know, innovation in what we do is how, business survives and it's how it adapts and I think that that's where we're at right now and the hardest thing is trying to figure out how to pepper a little bit of hospitality in with how we do that so this doesn't just turn into a transaction because that would be the worst thing is to take all these really talented people that believe in our messaging believe in what we do and then say you know what um now all you're doing is selling food like we work at a grocery store
0: yeah that's been you know one of the more heartbreaking things in all my conversations is you know Knowing the hospitality industry, and I worked in restaurants, you know, for a while myself. You know, people—that's in your blood, and that's, you know, that's why you get into the game. As Pam Willis said, she's like, "We have these beautiful bottles of wine, and you can get a great deal on them now with your like hero sandwich." But like, that's not why we bought the wine. <laughs> um, so, I think everyone, while we're so excited to be able to support you guys with takeout and and navigate our way through this with you, like we all want to be back in the restaurants. And I'm wondering how. How are you thinking about reopening? And obviously that 50% capacity is a brutal thing to think about. Maybe it's short term, maybe it's longer term. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you think things are going to look like in the coming months?
1: You know, I I think you no, know, you don't get anywhere without a really comprehensive plan. And so I think at this point, with maybe the first half of what we've been talking about being a little bit sort of doom and gloom, um, you know, what we're looking at now is trying to find a way to reach a lot of different members of our audience and continue to reach them, even if we are allowed to say that 50% of our capacity can come back for a period of time. So what we're trying to do right now is create... Um, You know, first step is launch takeout food of what we are offering, you know, that we feel people will be able to share with a family rather than a special night out. And then eventually get to the point of offering something that feels like a special night in rather than out. Um, You know, finding, you know, beer and wine that we can sell that will feel like you can get it on a Tuesday versus what you're going to be getting on an anniversary. You know, trying to diversify what those offerings are there. But then, you know, phase two is grocery delivery. You know, the thing I'm number one hearing right now is people saying, oh, there's like a two weeks wait on Instacart and, you know, Peapod and things like that. So we'll start with a pilot program in our neighborhood, serving our neighbors, the people who used to come to our restaurant because it was Tuesday night and they didn't have anything in the fridge. Well, now how do we make sure that they have food and food delivered safely? So we'll launch that there and then we'll expand from that. You know, and then I think that that is actually what Puritan Trading Company will become. You know, it is. It, it once it was trying to serve, you know, takeout friendly food. And now Puritan Trading Company will relaunch as a way that you get your groceries and some beer and wine delivered to your house. Um, And then I think, you know, after that, I mean, we had so many things in the pipeline from, you know, opening up three restaurants that was supposed to be happening in the middle of June, um, you know, from, uh, you know, to Lexington and Cafe Beatrice and Geppetto. Um, I think we're going to try to take some of the things that we were looking to launch through those programs and be able to pop up, you know, whether it be in curbside pickup in front of our our restaurant or in the neighborhood down where we were going to be opening and find safe ways to be able to do this and use technology as our as our friend to make sure that when people are there they are getting a chance to try our our food and feel distracted and feel safe and taken care of and just doing it in a different way. And I think that that's, as hospitality professionals, what we need to do to figure out how to do our job just a different way. We're not doing it less. We're not doing it you know, uh, worse. We're just doing it in a different way.
0: I'm so heartened to hear that and that your same enthusiasm and optimism and use of technology is still there. uh, And I'm super excited to see what comes next for you guys uh before i let you go i do want to go back to the part about you being at home with your daughter uh i mean that turns everything on its head um for someone who's used to working all the time i'm it's like a huge blessing and a huge curse um the way everything happened but i would love to hear a little bit about what that was like to be home uh with your wife and daughter in those really early months
1: you know i i think that um I, looking back on it in the rear view mirror, I wouldn't have. Traded being able to spend that amount of time with my daughter, you know, for, for anything. I mean, other than have obviously a, a safer world, but you know, I, I think that that was such a remarkable time and such a great time for me to feel like I was really much connected to her. Um, and I was able to be around her and, and the family and keep them safe, you know, in our own home. Um, but I, I tell you, there is a, a newfound admiration that I have for Childcare professionals and people who do this for multiple people's kids that they don't even have the instinct to protect themselves. You know, that uh, I just, I, it's been so amazing to have to be the full-time childcare person. My wife is still working and, and thankfully, you know, that's been able to help us survive all of this while well, there's been so much uncertainty. But, um, you know, having a, a, a home where, um, you know, her work day starts and my childcare day starts as well, um, it, it's a bit of a, um, I don't know, it, it is a, definitely a societal change that I never saw coming, uh, that, you know, we've been able to take the best parts out of it, get her outside, playing in the garden, living life to the best we possibly can. And she doesn't even realize it. She thinks it's awesome that her parents are home all the time. But I think for us to, you know, my first day back here, uh, there is a certain um, energy that you have when you aren't just kind of always worn down by a a growing individual who needs your full attention all the time. And then, you know, your trade-off is with someone who is also tired from trying to work and navigate everything all day long. When this is done, I cannot wait to pay childcare professionals way more money than we did before.
0: (laughs) It is so hard. And that is so true. And, you know, that's a whole other situation with everything opening back up. It's like, how is that going to work until the daycares and the preschools and everything else opens up? But um, as a mother of a six-month-old and a four-year-old, I feel you, Will, and I'm glad you guys um, were able to make the most of it. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, chatting with me, and we are going to certainly send people to your to your website. Where is the, how's the best way to keep up with what you're doing and you know, taking advantage of what you guys are offering?
1: So I'd say the best ways are check our website, uh, which is um, puritancambridge.com, or check any of our social media channels, but uh, at Puritan Co. or or my own personal uh, at WD Gilson uh, is probably the best ways to see what we're going to be doing next. And, you know, the big thing about social media this day and age is, you know, influencers, you know, hopefully maybe this takes a little bit of a hint off of them, but um, you know, being able to reach out to people and, and ask them questions directly about what they need and how we can better serve them, I think is one of the ways that we'll be able to come out on top of this to make sure that we're serving our people and peppering in a little bit of that hospitality that we miss offering them inside our four walls.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you and stay healthy. And I can't wait to uh, sit down in your restaurant soon.
1: No, we cannot wait to serve you here too. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you.
0: Hi guys, Catherine here. I hope you are staying safe and healthy and staying home as much as possible. Because we are all cooking at home a lot more, I also wanted to offer you 20% off your order at notjust.co. Uh, the Not Just Company is the company that I co-founded to help you cook better at home. And in addition to selling not just pasta sauce, we also have tons of recipes. And guys, we are always happy to help you make dinner. Just slide into our DMs and hit us up with any questions. Uh, that is literally what you're, we're here for. So head to notjust.co and use promo code TFL20 at checkout for 20% off your order.